it's the big one. You know what time it is. If you're reading the description, if you're listening to my voice, you know it's episode 100 emoji. So we're going to review the emoji movie. Uh, what was <laughs> yes. clearly the greatest piece of film released. Oh, never mind. No, I'm being told that if I do that, Dean will kill me in real life. He has threatened right. to shoot me with yeah. several Folks. guns. Folks, it's our 100th episode, and I think if my co-hosts don't mind me, uh, you know, spilling the beans on you, I think it's safe to say, uh, tell you now that the Late Late Capitalism show uh, has been a sociology experiment run by Harvard Mm. University uh, Mm. over the last two years. And it's safe to say that, yes, even in a strictly audio form, Sissy Hypno works definitively. Oh, yes. And I think yes. our audience, uh, you know, that goes without saying. It sort of proves that. So congratulations and thank you. Yeah, um, yeah I like, should we just wrap this one up now? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thank you for 100 episodes of bim- bimbified hypnotism. Uh, yeah. <laughs> your melons are way bigger. You've got, you're way better at reading other people's emotions, which for our clientele and audience is a massive development. You know, for sure. <laughs> this is they've the been, only way we were going to get it. They've been working on that for years. Uh, yeah, this was this was MK Ultra 2. Um, you've all been punked by uh, McMaster University. Um, Ooh, University of Chicago as well. All the evil yeah. universities were involved yeah. in the creation of the show. Yeah, McGill. That's the only Queens. one I know. Yeah. True. Oh, yeah. McGill's a good one. We're going to talk about them in a bit. Coming from the top. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this was all a social experiment. And um, to all of our listeners, especially if you've listened to 100 episodes, you failed. You failed the social experiment. I'm going to say yeah. it's basically impossible for anybody to have listened to all 100 on the back <laughs> catalog. We took them down. Because we got rid of the absolute <laughs> lowest quality. For their own safety. Lowest quality yeah. is uh, is kind of hilarious given the qu- overall quality of the show. But the lowest quality episodes have been... Uh, we actually stored them and sent them to space. So we put them up in the Tesla like 1950s greaser car that Elon owns. And uh, <laughs> that's currently yeah. circling. The twelfth quadrant of Mars. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if anyone has listened to all one hundred episodes, I will say to you: seventeen, thirty-four, <laughs> one hundred two, five, seven. That's Matilda right. chocolate cake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we have. I would throw that in my activated. sleeper code. <laughs> I like to imagine like our some of our friends who have listened the whole time like snapping to attention and just becoming like Sam Fisher, like all the five foot two, like arts girls with six earrings. <laughs> Hell yeah. Just, just <laughs> like snapping the neck. <laughs> Some Turkish asset yeah. in an embassy <laughs> doing Jamal They're... Khashoggi stuff. Yeah, no, no. All, all of our, our lovely uh, arts majors, uh, you know, listeners just going and doing January 6th, but right this time. Awesome. <laughs> that would Thank be sick. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the bingo card you can already check off January sixth, folks. So oh, yeah. congratulations <laughs> for that. So uh, if you're playing along at home, yeah, if you fill out the bingo card, uh, let us know. We'd love to see it. Sit back, <laughs> relax. We've got a little bit of uh, what we call histertainment. Huh? It's yeah, a little bit his, of history and his, entertainment. His entertainment. Man. You know what, folks? I'm gonna go get it's a Bruce. You keep you keep going. I'll be back in like uh, thirty seconds. 
Dean's gonna go get We're himself a, a, a little beer. His because his, well, I could sit here for a long time. Figuring yeah, this you one gonna, out. you're gonna workshop this his his, ter, his, her, his thing. His her taint mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. To... Yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm glad Megan's joining in. We've made her phenomenally stupider in the time that she's been on this show. Uh, you have given me new mental illnesses, probably. So that is thank true. You. I love using Megan as a fact check. Like I, when yeah. I can easily Google something, I just send a, <laughs> I send a screenshot to Megan, and I'm like, "What's this?" And you it's always do- just not true. It's you always a lie. Both emotional labor and academic labor for us. Yeah. And I'm always sick. like, "It's not like I'm busy." No. <laughs> <laughs> you have the time you just yeah. choose to spread I've disinformation <laughs> yeah i'm like hey megan is this true i'm really mad about it and she's like this is very false and i'll prove that to you yeah. and then i go megan, is this God. Is- search result on google <laughs> yeah this took megan, me two is this true? Did, did hitler get a time machine and invent white people with yakub i can't believe more people don't talk about this <laughs> this is <laughs> megan have you heard about this this is crazy but also if it's a lie please tell me <laughs> i love my job what can i say Woo, can't you're check. a librarian it's what you do <laughs> yeah that's true can check coors light baby and speaking of cans we're talking about a bunch of tomato cans some real real big losers here today some massive pieces of shit we're talking about our personal picks for the 10 worst Canadians. So true. Play the Canadian Idol theme here. <laughs> you know the one. I miss Canadian Idol, man. Yeah. I will tell you right now, I do not have any Canadian Idol winners on my list of top 10 worst Canadians. And I will say, I do. this is a very, oh, very scientific ranking. And by that, I mean, uh, we each basically just thought of some of the people we hate the most, put yeah. them into a list, and we each chose one person to highlight for who we believe is our personal worst Canadian. Yeah. Yeah, 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 did, yeah. Did everyone make a top ten? I, I of course, Simon. I, I, I made. Uh, you know, he said top ten, so I put my top one and my ten one. And that was it. Oh. Okay, oh, that's Dean, pretty good. Literally, the only person who has never understood how a top ten list works. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, Dean. If you, you know what, if you have additions you want to make throughout, that's fine. We can, we yeah. can throw it. Oh, back I'll just to you. borrow your guys's. Yeah, I wouldn't that's mind. It's only what? like, you know, top ten. Like, what were we gonna have? Forty different Canadians. There's only <laughs> yeah. like fifty people in this country. <laughs> pretty that's much. True. I mean, I guarantee because I haven't seen the other lists of no. my uh, co-hosts here, but I'm sure I'm going to have crossover with some of. Them. You don't even know if they're real or not. Mm, that's true. We're not going to ask Megan. She's not allowed to correct us for this episode. We're trying something new. Uh, in the spirit of this, I just on a whim decided to Google top 10 worst Canadians. And I found from a publication called The Beaver, they had a fan voted list of top 10 worst Canadians in 2007, which uh, is quite interesting. So I'm going to read you those, some of whom are on my list. Number 10, Conrad Black, you know, famous, uh, like, financial tyrant, uh, just kind of like mm-hmm. a, a gossipy mm-hmm. media bitch. We know yeah, uh, An article head, an OG article head. Number nine, 
Convicted child rapist and murderer Clifford Olson. Wow. Oof. Hard to argue well, with the child. Number nine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. They really, <laughs> they really forgot that we were going to talk about this on our comedy show for jokes. Yeah. <laughs> they should have uh, considered that. Num- number eight, ranked worse than Clifford Olson by the Beavers fans. Uh-huh. Jean Chrétien. Oh, uh, okay. Wowzers. That's kind of, yeah. yeah. I could. Uh, um, more Franca, more Francophobia. Number seven, Celine Dion. It was really literally epic. putting what? her as worse yeah. than a, like Hateful. a child murderer. Uh, yeah, is unfortunate. That's well, insane. it was epic to make fun of Celine Dion at the time. That I, I'm going to call this this hour as 22 minutes brain because yeah, that this was, is like, very 2008 punchline. humor. I I like while you're in the middle of this, I just tried to find the list but i just found a different one of celebrities and it's just every canadian celebrity yes. is on the list as the worst people accurate. and it's yeah. like wow creative it's awesome uh number six this uh, hard agree stephen harper you know mm. yeah. gotta give him credit where it's due yeah true. no he was that on my list true yep number five is a tie paul bernardo and carla hamolka Grace, number, oh, number okay. five. Yeah, cool. that's true. This they is should an be on the list. list. Did I ever tell sure. you? Did I ever tell you guys the Paul Bernardo story from high school? No, but now's no. a great time. Should I tell this on the pod? <laughs> okay. In high school, we had a very cool teacher whose name I'm not going to say because I don't want to get him in trouble. Uh, but he was our. We were supposed to have English class, but then you know how English teachers like just get pregnant and then like they're just yeah, gone. Don't they, teach. Like, yes. Yeah. Oh my god, that yeah, happens yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. So that happened. Teacher, I don't even know. I've never met this woman. I never saw her in the school once. Uh, but they were like last minute, got to find a teacher. So uh, the we had this new teacher come in to replace her. It was Mr. T, we'll call him. He was uh, he was a gym teacher, a substitute gym teacher, immediately promoted to English teacher. Uh, oh, God. And, like, he, he was, like, really proud of his Italian heritage. Like, he made us watch, oh, yeah. like, Life is Beautiful uh, for our, like, Holocaust <laughs> unit. Uh, yeah, he, we he watched that him. during our Holocaust unit, too. It's just Italian Whoa, Mr. What? Bean. It, like, it's, it's about the Holocaust. It was so cool. Yeah. But like towards the end of the semester, like literally, like he just like talked for like five minutes about like oh write about like write a you know paper about this, and then like all of like the guys who just sort of crowd around him and he just like talk about like high school stories from when he was a kid oh. and like we would like rehash episodes of South Park at each other. <laughs> it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he was talking about how. When he was in high school, he had this weird fixation with Paul Bernardo because it was Uh-oh. like, you know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, shock time. comedy, like, oh, like he just like say Paul Bernardo to people and they'd be like, ah, and he'd be like, that's funny. Uh, that's classic. And yeah. he was talking about how in like NHL, like 2005 or something, <laughs> he made uh, a character like you edit a player and he made Paul Bernardo like exactly and then he he said he had to delete it because it was like too he was like it looks too much like Paul Bernardo I have like I can't let this exist what? in the world anymore so then uh, uh you know my buddy Dave came in uh the next day uh wearing a Paul Bernardo mask and Mr. T uh asked him to leave because he thought that that was not appropriate anymore wow Huh. Yeah, that's so anyway. a lot. <laughs> I was like a little that. long-winded. Maybe we can just that. But. He, him, him doing the highlight stick. The announcers are like trying not to praise him, <laughs> but they can't help it. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
so number five, Paul Bernardo and Carla Mocha. Number four, Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, which seems a little... Uh, yeah. Uh, huh. Man, this okay. list is all over I really over the just place. wanted to talk about number three and number one. Number three, because this tells you where, like, the kind of cultural zeitgeist was at the moment. Right. Uh, number three on this fan voted list was Dr. Henry Morgenthaler, who provided abortions for women in, I believe, Montreal throughout the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What? Yeah. And he's the worst Canadian? Okay. According to Third the people worst. that voted on this Thanks, in 2007. Everybody. So I think that just kind of tells you where the mind was. Number two was some guy who just wanted people to vote him as the worst Canadian. <laughs> so oh, it's okay. like that's somebody awesome. you've never heard of. I thought that was cool. And then number one, hilariously, Pierre Trudeau, which, uh, you know, I don't know if he'd be number one, but he should be on there. Uh, yeah, I don't like <laughs> the alter. So they ha- they then had like in the same issue an alternate historian list. So the historians are like, let's choose actual people. So they chose Lord Beaverbrook, Edward Farrar, who was like a very racist writer, John Diefenbaker, you know, conservative prime minister, uh, Joseph Trutch, I don't know, John Riefenstein, which the name kind of gives that one away, (laughs) (laughs) Sam Hughes, the Kamloops kid who was an Asian Canadian torture guy during the Second World War. He would just like torture people. Uh, Adrian Arcand, who founded the Canadian branch of the neo-Nazi, basically a Canadian neo-Nazi. Uh, and then two and one, Duncan Scott Campbell and John A. McDonald for the role they played in residential schools. This was 2007, so I was like, wow, huh? That is yeah. surprisingly prescient. Right, but, mean, well, not really prescient, because it happened before. I know, but they they did it before <laughs> people were actually upset about it, you see. Well, I yeah, yeah, they're historians. They're supposed to have known about this stuff. Yeah, but it still was rare to see anybody publish anything cross about John A. McDonald, especially saying he's the worst Canadian. I, yeah, that, that's fair. I forgot how demented this country is. Dude, I, live, yeah. I, I live in Kingston. Literally up until 2015, it was like, this is the greatest man who's ever lived. We're going to put his face on buttons and fucking slap this motherfucker all over the place. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There was literally a parade. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I loved it. And uh, I'm sure we're going to hear some of these names again later on. So that's just, you know, the format. It's a top 10. Where we're differentiating is we're going to provide, kind of like in the CBC series, The Greatest Canadian, a profile on our number one pick and why we think they should be voted the number one worst Canadian. So does anybody want to, maybe not Dean, because he doesn't really have a top 10 list. But Dean, you are welcome if you want to do your like profile and your spotlight first, but does anybody want to do their top 10 list and their top pick first to get the ball rolling? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll do mine. To, all right. I'm going to type your top 10 in, in the document here. Cause we can see about amalgamating them at the end. Okay. I, I also just, before you go, I Google this Edward Edward Ferrer guy and this little bio of him doesn't seem that bad. But at one point in this article, they said much of his work at the mail, um, while conforming to the anti-Catholic and anti-French prejudices of the paper's controllers, and then goes on. So I think he just really hated French Canadians. And this Uh, author is uh. trying to argue (laughs) that it wasn't his fault and they made him do it. So who knows? All right. So uh, for my top 10 list of worst Canadians, Mm I'm going to start at the bottom of my list at number two. Number, what, number two? What? Yeah. 
No, no respect for the format. I like that. This is avant-garde now. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm going to start at the bottom. How do you people not know how top ten lists work? <laughs> also, two isn't even the bottom. <laughs> well. I'm starting at the bottom of my All list. Right, just do it. With a number two. And that is um, Jacob Hogard of Headley. Oh. As uh, my number two okay. worst number Canadian two. of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, no. I really respect him as a person. I just can't get behind his music. He's not, yeah. he's not perfect, but he'll keep trying. Oh my god! Yeah. Now uh, the reason why I choose his name is because y'all y'all ever listen to this guy's music? Yep. Mm-hmm. We were forced to throughout our That's entire sad. childhoods. Oh, oh, it's bad. But guess what? He's even worse than that. Um, we know. <laughs> Wait. We did a whole episode talking about it. I literally read so much Headley fan fiction. No. But continue to tell, tell the story. Please, guys. <clears throat> um, so he... <laughs> oh, Jacob, my God. Jacob Hogard was on Canadian Idol at one point yeah. in time. And he came in like fourth or fifth or something. I think it was. I don't third. know. I haven't listened to that episode in a while. And um, he's 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 just bad. There's so much to talk about with him. I think I'm gonna leave it at that. That's number two. Um, and <laughs> okay. number one on my list. <laughs> so was the point that you only wrote down two Found people? Two people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm a very forgiving person. <clears throat> and so my number one on my list of top ten worst people of Ontario of Canada <clears throat> is uh <laughs> is um Stephen Harper. Okay, and, good job. Ooh, okay, yeah. and, number um, one for harps. All right. Yeah, and that. and there's a lot to that. Um, I heard he he there was a homewrecker situation, and he didn't he took it too well. And um, I think his wife slept what? with a security person. And this is why he's bad. POS, person of security. Um, I just hate bad jazz bands. That's why. <laughs> yeah. His yeah, this is very music oriented. So I listened to all of his albums. And I got to say, guys, this guy stinks. I don't oh, like him one bit. Um, <laughs> Have you uh, read his hockey book? No. Oh, I've heard it's absolute <laughs> dog shit. But it, uh, there's literally like so many reasons to talk about why Stephen Harper was bad, especially in my age as an old man here. Um, in him being like the prime minister of my youth, right? Mm. Um, for a good majority of it. Um, but uh, the main reason why I would choose him as number one is literally just because of Bill C-51. And how it was supposed to be an anti-terror measure. The, the It's the Anti-Terrorism Act of 2015. And mm-hmm. um, it was supposed to be directed at, like, I don't know, Muslims. Because people yeah, were terrified. Yeah. It was after, like, you know, a few attempted terrorist attacks in Canada here. Well, but, what, we, what we were told were attempted terrorist attack, but also could just very well be entrapment. Oh, That's 100%. a pretty common playlist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the thing with it is that um, it made it, it it changed the definition of terrorism. Mm. So before the Anti-Terrorism Act, terrorism was essentially um, 
civilian casualties at the hand of like political ideology or extremism. Whereas with the Anti-Terrorism Act of 2015, it became um, civilian casualties and or economic uh, attacks on the economic system. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Such as, uh, let's say, maybe blockading train rails. Yeah. Just as a hypothetical, right? Yeah, and, 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 you know, Gunawage, members in Gunawage, the Mohawk Council of Gunawage came, like, thought of this immediately, right? Like, as soon as they heard about this, they were like, oh, for the love of God, this is literally just handing them any legal precedent to do whatever the hell they want. Uh, So they sent an open letter against the bill. It said, uh, we feel that Bill C-51 in its current state could potentially and perhaps even predictably be used to future oppress our defense of our Aboriginal rights and title. And um, I think it still is. It it literally gave the federal government the the legal right, even though as if they weren't doing this prior, right? We all know they were. But it gives them legal precedent to um, spy on Indigenous Canadians that they think might be against economic interests of the country or the federal government. Um, And I think that's just, like, so incredibly evil. to in bold writing equate civilian deaths with losing money it really solidified in my mind that you know something was horribly wrong something that i thought was horribly wrong for a really really long time um it really put it forth and harper being so adamant about the bill was really like disgusting as someone who cared about politics at all um and especially cared about like indigenous people people of color minorities in canada just anyone who is like thinks about the status quo as a negative or an oppressive tool yeah um to be completely seen as like terrorists in such blatant ways is it was scary and disgusting and still scary to this day and still a lot of the reasons why you know i hold myself back from doing things that I want to do, even if I think those things are the correct thing to do. Because, like, it's it's such a spooky thing to hold over someone's head to be labeled a terrorist. Well, yeah, it, it ruins your life. Your life, for all intents and purposes, on a public level, is yeah. over. Because you've been branded as now an actual, like, enemy of the state. Yeah. And, yeah, you're right with Harper. Like, this was the first, maybe not the first, but this was the next major expansion of, like, the government security and surveillance apparatus mm-hmm. and it became mm-hmm. extremely clear that they weren't going to be focusing on you know external enemies so to speak but rather mm. this was providing cover for them to crack down on people that could potentially you know threaten the economic interests or yeah. just lodge any kind of group uh resistance to many fucked up policies that that government continued to pass including things related to the muzzling of clients climate scientists yep and uh the continued slashing of the social safety net mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly it also expanded CSIS measures a lot at the time and gave them way 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 more um tools at their disposal and this was after, obviously, the the whistleblowing of the NSA with Snowden. But still, you know, they, they didn't heed warning from that. And that people were like, 
hey, why are you guys doing all of this surveying? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is the real reason why you're doing this? They didn't care. Like, it was no. it was such a blatant, like, it was such a slap in the face mm-hmm. to anyone who actually wants to work towards change, change or move away from status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I think it's the most emotionally evil things that I have witnessed in my lifetime. And it was mm-hmm. very small but i think it's the one of the more impactful things because i think it holds a lot of people back from doing what they want to do i would agree with that um we do have an episode on Stephen harper if people want to check it out i think it's our most listened to episode it's called i think so too so yeah Yeah. you know if you want to learn more about how evil he is go nuts Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i don't mean to beat a dead horse we all know that harper sucks it's just that very specific thing Mm -hmm. that fucks me up every time Mm-hmm. So that's my number one. Uh, with yeah. my... <laughs> so to reiterate, uh-huh. your your top ten is comprised of Jacob Hogard and yeah, Stephen Hart. No, no, <laughs> Jacob Hogard and the Anti Terrorism Act of 2015. Ah, okay. okay, cool. All right, <laughs> just so I like you know, uh, Megan, would you like to go next? Yeah. So do you actually have ten people as well? I do. I hey. I would say it's not a clear ten. I sort of forgot to that that was what we were doing, and I focused on my number one guy. Um, but I had written down some other people just to make sure that we all knew that I thought they okay. were evil. So okay. I wrote down um for architects of residential schooling, obviously, yeah. as probably yeah, the you. most evil people of the country, which yeah. is Johnny McDonald. Ryerson, Hector Louis Langevin, I'm terrible yep. at French, I'm so sorry, and Duncan Campbell Scott. Fuck and Duncan there's Campbell many, Scott. many, many others that I don't know the name of, so fuck all of them. Um, and then I wrote, okay, I have to put in mass murderers, obviously. Um, so True. the Nova Scotia guy, the Polytechnic oh, guy, uh, and mm-hmm, the mosque yeah. shooting guy, um, yes. obviously yeah. bad. I wrote, um, most prime ministers, in brackets, this counts as one person. Um, okay. And then <laughs> my other Pretty one much, person yeah. Is any old man with what I'm calling the QAnon haircut, which is the okay. white mullet with the feathered bangs. Um, oh, you just shit. immediately <laughs> evil if that's your hair. I'm sorry. Yeah, especially if you have any sort of money. Yeah. 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 But even if you don't, don't have that haircut, right? It just like obviously mm-hmm. red flag. You look I'm getting like that haircut for next time we record. Okay. Go nuts. <laughs> Dye your hair white. That'd be cool. Beast. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so, yeah. So, my number one, um, which I have a little. <laughs> tirade about here um and but i can go through it quickly um so my pick is going to be someone that does something close to my heart um but in a negative way a thing i hate more than most things on earth which is develop ugly houses and condos <laughs> on wetlands. Um, oh, true. Like, wow, that's a twofer. very few things that grind my gears as much as that. And Dean, oh, I might rely on you a little yeah. bit. <laughs> what? A Family Guy reference. Megan. So Megan's two heroes are Homer Simpson and Peter Griffin. And Peter like, Griffin, they would that be, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so Dean, I might call on you a little bit as I go through this rant I have because you know more about wetlands than me. So this is all from a thread um, on Twitter by Raina Duris, uh, who is a former radio host with Indy 88 in Toronto and then the CBC and who now works for NPR. She did a lot of great research on this topic and this person and some of it, well, like half of this is going to be literally like reading verbatim from her tweets. So I will link the thread and don't yell at me for plagiarizing because I'm going to cite it. As an aside, is she the one from World Cafe? Yeah. 
Or, no, she's, yeah, I think so. Yeah. She was recently on Fortune Kit. She's very, very good. She's yeah, on she's awesome. a couple of times too. She rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. She's sweet. Oh, fun. Um, so this Twitter thread covers a man um, who has a, quote, outsized influence on Ontario and GTA politics. His name is Mario Cordellucci. Um, oh, he lives yeah. in Vaughan, and he ran as a far-right candidate in the Italian Senate election in 2018. Um, oh, he didn't win. in Italy? Yeah, in Italy, but he lives okay. in Vaughan, and he's a super major Ford donor. So there's like a hospital named after him in Vaughan. He owns parts of the Portlands in Toronto where Ford was once going to build like an NFL stadium and a monorail. Um, He owns huge parts of the Green Belt, um, which is the strip of farmland around the GTA um, where Ford has always wanted to build. That was one huge thing. I don't know if you guys remember, like right after he got elected, he was immediately like, all right, time to like pave the entire Green Belt. And that was really upsetting. which, like, um, barely has any protections at all as it is. It's, like, the one, like, you know, single strand that's, you know, keeping Ontario from becoming just a complete asphalt wasteland. Mm-hmm. And he also, like, at the time, Ford scrapped a bunch of environmental laws that protected the green belt um, and started courting developers. In 2020, Ford, quote, rolled back the mandate of the conservation authorities there, and a bunch of members of the green belt advisory group resigned in protest. So a lot of these greenlit uh, green belt developments for building houses and condos and other buildings were all given to Cordellucci. At this point in the thread, we find out that Cordellucci gave $12,000 to Ford's leadership campaign. Duras then covers his um, Cordellucci Senate run where he campaigned on anti-immigration, anti-LGBTQ policies and closing mosques throughout Italy. Um, The mayor of Vaughan endorsed his Italian Senate run. um, So Uh you can tell they might have a little bit of a monetary connection there as well. Mm hmm. So protection for and permits for his donors is something that Ford is notoriously bad with. Um, Mm. He's given tons of money from long-term care home lobbyists, for example, and business owner associations. And uh, in return, the business owner associations are the ones that are asking him to not give paid sick days, which is why he is not doing it. And he protects long-term care home owners from lawsuits. Oh, oh, boy. (laughs) So this leads us to some of these projects in the Greenbelt, which includes um, a highway, the 413, that would run beside the 407, which is already empty because it's told and no one drives on it. And this 413 proposed highway would run directly through all of the land owned by Cordellucci. The highway would end right near King City, where a number of new suburban and condo housing developments have been built in Greenlit, which are owned by Cordellucci's nephew. Oh, my Um, God. So many of these housing developments are in the green belts. Um, So the impact of this highway would be um, 130 acres of wetlands would be affected, 85 water courses disrupted, including 10 highly sensitive ones. Dean, oh. you probably know more about that than yeah, me. Yeah, like all, all I would say is that like you know, wetlands are like not the, I think meadows are more rare than wetlands in Ontario, but mm. are easily the most productive and important. To, how do I phrase this? Wetlands like, in essence, just function as, like, filtration systems uh, and are more or less the only things that keep a lot of nasty impurities, uh, be they, like, heavy metals, uh, mm. you know, uh, bacteria, like, sewage and waste. They're the only things that stop that from just getting into, like, drinking water supplies. 
uh, and like the supplies of like any like river or lake that you've ever swam in. Mm. Uh, Dean, and quick question them, for you. Yeah. Uh, would that be bad if water got contaminated? Um, it depends yeah, on whether or not you drink water. Uh, I know like <laughs> Ford has tried to uh, circumvent this by pushing for an all soda diet. Okay, uh, which I yeah. also support. That's the sort yeah. of the one commonality. Is it we okay have. if I choose? Coke yeah, Coke we've zero? reached across the aisle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've been. He's going to introduce water the zero. Aisle. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> playing with his big fat wet spud. Um. So oh this highway God. would also cause the loss of ten species at risk. Uh, the Toronto Region Conservation Authority says that they have major concerns and no way to voice these concerns to the Ministry of Transportation because there's no oversight and the Ministry of Transportation can just do whatever they want. Um, there's been no consultation with the Committee of Stakeholders and Residents in the area. The mayors of the town along the highway are endorsing it, citing that the investors of the town need a decision made. Um, oh. And I checked the website of this developer of those like condos and things um, that the highway is going to that's owned by the nephew. And on their website, they say that one of the highlights of buying one of these condos in suburban houses is that the home's provide access to untouched conservation areas which is just so funny that that's what they're like advertising this for but they will literally destroy like the rest of ontario to get it built so the mayor of caledon who supports the project cites cordellucci's brother as the main landholder he's working with um another major project that ford is trying to get built is called the bradford bypass it's another highway that puts the holland marsh at risk one of the most important wetlands in southern ontario um so this would cause the remover removal of 39 hectares of wildlife habitat and would cause significant groundwater contamination um on the government website i checked because this like twitter thread is from last year um and it reads to enable the bradford bypass project to be built in a timely way that ensures continued protection of the environment without duplicating requirements that slow down the project. We have exempted the Bradford bypass from requirements of the Environmental Assessment Act subject to conditions as appropriate. So it does not even have to do an environmental assessment anymore. It's just getting built no matter what. Um, And environmental assessments in themselves are like it's almost laughable how much of a cop out they are. Like I've been reading a, a fair number of them. And, like, a lot of these environmental assessments are done over the course of two hours in which they sort of walk up and down the river and then, like, see if they see any species at risk or see if they, you know, if there's any, like, what are considered, like, you know, critical habitats. And if they don't see any, then you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, so, like, even that's getting scrapped, which, cool. Um, So this Bradford bypass project going to a bunch of random small towns happens to be going to some places in which Mario Cordellucci has bought land and proposed a smart city, um, something called The Orbit. I don't know if you guys remember reading about this, but it's in Innisfil. So the town just wanted a go train stop um, because they got a go train stop like approved for them. Cordellucci bought like the entire town and is planning some insane like circular city where they're going to move the downtown of the city. And then build a bunch of like suburban houses, like rotating outwards from the go train stop. Um, so, which would completely like change the face and nature of the town. Um, the orbit's been approved by the city council. It claims it's looking to build higher density instead of urban sprawl. But remember that in order to build this highway, like the nature is going to be destroyed. So, like, okay, with your cute little, like, we're going to stop urban sprawl there. Sure. 
The orbit was also allowed to bypass environmental regulations and was given a ministerial zoning order in August of 2021, which cannot be appealed. And the houses and condos will be built on wetland and farmland. The developers are arguing that nowhere gets the ability to build on a blank slate like they do, which I find extremely like weirdly manifest destiny. Mm. And also all the animals (laughs) will be dead, which is cool. Um, Uh, They don't pay taxes, so... Think about that, Megan. <laughs> so true. That's so true. I mean, I think neither Megan does Mario wins. Like, this Cordelucci. is making my blood boil. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just have two little things here. But I've also, just a side note, I've been reading about smart cities a lot at school this week. We just had, a, like, a unit on it. And they actually don't work. Every time a group who creates, like, a smart city is interviewed about their city, they're like, oh, the next one is going to work. We're just learning from this one. Um, and that's, like, always the rhetoric. I'm not saying, like, planned communities never work, but the ones that are, like, hyper-computerized and, like, they're going to collect data from everybody and use it for decision-making, they just, like, it, it leads to, like, a surveillance state and they don't actually use it effectively um and they just like increasingly rely on computerization to like solve every problem which is not how the world works and so if you want some background on how well the cordeluchis follow through with promises like they are promising with this weird orbit town they also proposed a walkable city in alcona ontario which would have a shopping center surrounded by housing and then when they were building it they said Never mind. And they built a suburb and a four-lane highway and put the shopping center down the four-lane highway with no pedestrian access. And the entire city council was like, what the heck? You promised us this like little circular walkable city. And they said, oh, no, we're not going to do that. But we'll pay whatever fine you want for breaking the promise. So that's like <laughs> what they do here is that they just Jesus. buy all this land build shitty suburban developments that we already have and then pay the fine yeah. for not creating like, their cute build little it like out of tiki tack and paper mache yeah um which is just so like they're literally <laughs> promising like a kind of community people want and then they just don't do it um hmm. So Ford is also selling a number of publicly owned properties in Toronto to Cordelucci for extremely low prices and communities were not consulted even with heritage sites so that's just like things that don't belong to the public anymore and don't belong to us. Now they belong to this random, extremely rich dude that like wants to be a politician in Italy. Um, and Ford also holds all his fundraiser banquets at banquet halls owned by this dude. Um, oh so this God. is obviously not the only developer that Ford is paid by, but he is in my mind particularly evil because of this Greenbelt development. And I don't even think he's the only developer that Ford is like friends with that is trying to build the green belt. But all developers are evil and I hate them and they're destroying the last vestiges of our natural world so we can live in the ugliest houses known to man and drive everywhere. So that's why I feel like Mario Cordellucci is on my number one evil man right now. So thanks that's for great. listening. Holy shit. I liked wow. that. Yeah. yeah. He seems uh, nice. Truly evil. But yeah, is that, he more that... evil than Jacob Hogard? <laughs> Is the million Depends dollar question. on what you consider evil, I guess. Yeah. Should Should I do my list now? Do you have your Do you have ten or do you have uh, what doesn't I matter? I have ten. I've been Chance on has it. two. What do you mean I have two? <laughs> okay. Number I had a top ten, 10 list. Uh, Chad Kroger of Nickelback. Oh uh, yeah. I I don't mean. like what he did to music, folks. Uh, <laughs> photograph ghosts. <laughs> No, he he stole Avril Lavigne from me. Okay. Uh, Mm. He's sort of like the poster child of the least swag white boy culture uh, Mm -hmm. in recent memory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's sort of of a perfect example of 
you know, a unique sort of cultural artifact or moment that like was new and interesting and meaningful and how massive investors who have a like have no idea what this thing means to people and b like are sort of actively antagonistic to the very idea uh you know just mass producing a a cheap knockoff or just you know in any way sucking the soul out of the property uh and uh turning it into you know like the nirvana to nickelback pipeline uh i think he's a good example of that um true i'd also like honorable mention here is justin bieber uh, who uh, girls uh, only like because they they don't really know real music. Um, yeah, and, and they don't. He totally yeah. lost the rap battle to Mozart. And he's like totally gay. Yeah, yeah he and he's like gay too. Yeah, yeah. he has a gr- he's he's a girl. He's yeah. a girl. <laughs> he like yeah. uh, he like kind of sounds like a girl. He's yeah. totally gay. I wish someone would kill him. Was so fun. I what a time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to go back. So yeah, bad. I freaking hate Justin Bieber. I hate him so much. <laughs> Number nine, uh-huh. William Lyon Mackenzie King. Mm. Uh, I don't Almost like him because he was soy. Um, no, and I got to disagree. Because he put with Japanese people in internment camps. That is okay. Fair. True. <laughs> yeah. Number eight, Winnie the Bear. Yeah. Um, fuck him. I fuck like bears mm-hmm. are supposed to be like cool and powerful, and this was like again like a soy bear. Do you oh see? My I have God. He going. was against his will. What are you talking about? Who's Winnie? Well, if he was the bear like, that also, Winnie the Pooh is based on. Uh, but um, Christopher Robinson. Yeah, I think like if it was like a really cool good bear, it wouldn't have gotten captured. So yeah. Ugh. Uh, I, I don't like animals that are in the zoo. They got captured. <laughs> Dean, you're That's going right. on my list of worst Canadians now for saying hey. this about the bear. Right above Number Luca seven, Magnata. Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Dean. Kiefer, he's kind of gay, too. He, he was on 24, which might be the most evil television program of all time. But he was on Touch, which was also a really bad TV show, but like 12-year-old me was really into it. Yo, so. Kiefer can touch my 12-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Okay. What the okay. hell? <laughs> Moving up. Uh, <laughs> Wait, speaking of six, <laughs> Mayor Briar, Brian Patterson. Speaking of touching 12 year olds involved in conversion hey, therapy. Well, he was involved True. in conversion therapy. He did and touch if, the spirit of gayness out of them. Yeah, he, uh, all over the place. May the power of queers compel you. It was it uh, was really in there. He had to work extra hard. Stop it. Number five, <laughs> Kim Campbell. Oh. Uh, Man, I just felt like them. I need. What do some, all these like, people some... do to you? Well, you just no, I girls. just like I honestly I don't know anything about Kim Campbell. I just felt like I needed <laughs> to include a woman on this list. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I wanted to be inclusive. I didn't have any women yet, so I just figured I'd put a you woman. You had the on. bear. Hey, who the <laughs> fuck uh, the is the bear? It? I guess was a woman. That's true. Who is Kim uh, Campbell? She was the four, prime Christia. minister. Oh yeah, she was prime minister. I've been told. for six months. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> gender win. Uh, number four, Christia Freeland. Yeah, uh, true, baby. Okay. Yeah. Feet, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what are you true. talking about? Are you thinking of the newscaster woman? <laughs> no, I've seen Christia Freeland's feet. <laughs> okay. I, she I, busts I them out on Ukrainian Day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's I, like. <laughs> Smushed the Russian flag with her feet. Stop <laughs> talking about her feet. I just personally, like, a lot of people are saying she's going to be the next prime minister because yeah. I believe that the worst possible thing that could happen will happen. I think they're right. Um, and I just don't think that 
in in all but name a like you know cia asset should be running this country uh, yeah true 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 that's true, just true. my two cents i know a lot of people think that that's actually a great thing but uh not for me number three stephen harper goes without mm-hmm. saying wow you're really uh, stealing yeah. from me that's kind of cool oh no He's sorry uh oh i have two number threes by accident uh, oh, okay. Also, number three is uh, Sir John A. Macdonald. Sure. Well, they're oh. tied. They're both prime yeah. ministers. They're yeah, yeah, they're both prime ministers. Both e- you both. hate to see them. Uh, number two is John Seitz. Seitz. I don't know how to Seitz. pronounce his last name. Seitz, uh, who is the CEO of the largest Canadian mining company. Oh, it's called like New Bio yeah. or something. I and know. brother yeah. of Wanda Sykes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, just nice. like he's sort of cool. a catch-all for all Canadian mining companies, sure. which are uh, the root yeah, of all yeah. evil. I can support that. that. That's a good, good choice. You're that is a good inspired. One. I you're think you're smarter than us. The worst. That's right. Number one, uh, <laughs> if you'll allow me, mm-hmm. is Elon Musk. Sure. Uh, okay. Wow. Mother um, was Canadian. Only lived mm-hmm. in Canada for two years while he attended, you know, our favorite place on the our university. university. Yeah. But I think, you know, while, of course, there are genocidal maniacs on my list, uh, Elon Musk is my number one because he's sort of the like the perfect distillation of everything that makes being alive right now terrible and insanity mm. inducing. Mm, um, yes. He is a man who owes everything to a legacy of bloodstained, brutal colonialism uh, up until very recently, and then everything else that he's gotten since then is just our tax dollars that are given to him by our crooked politicians, uh, exclusively because he already had a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like, oh, it's everything about him sucks. His posts suck. His like desperate, cloying need to be loved sucks. Uh, mm. The fact that he just can't be content with being the second or first richest man, depending on which week it is in the world. He also has to be adored by everyone. Uh, his weird messiah complex, the fact that so many other people who think that they're geniuses online feed into this messiah complex mm. and believe mm-hmm. that the only good things that can ever happen in this world are because he you know, tweets about doing something and then has scientists torture monkeys or, you know, break unions or whatever the fuck they do there. Uh, He can't do a single thing properly. Everything that he tries to do fails and he's rewarded for it again and again. Uh, And uh, I like I literally like we talk about this son of a bitch every fucking week because it's always something else completely mind-bogglingly evil that he's done. Mm -hmm. I say this a thousand times, but, like, to describe and to really, like, wrap your head around how this man operates, it's, like, it's so cartoonishly evil that it just glances off of it. It's, like, the same way that your mind can't really conceive of, like, how many millions and billions of galaxies or stars there are. Like, your just brain isn't meant to comprehend how stupid and ugly and mean one person can be. What you've t- 
talked about has made me really think about how people do see him as like leading us into a better future. And I'm wondering like how is it because normal people don't feel like they have a lot of power to shape the future and they don't want to like want to kill themselves every day. So they're just like Elon Musk is going to fix it and is going to like save us all because he has the money to. I don't like what's the rationale. Say what you want about him. And I have and I will. But. I can't think of another public figure that is actively trying to imagine a future. Mm. That's like, that's not in our discourse at all anymore, except for this guy who is again, the dumbest motherfucker alive. And his idea of the future is, you know, putting a chip in your brain to show you Amazon ads. Yeah, like Uber uh, capitalism. And driving a car <laughs> through a tunnel underneath LA. Yeah, literally his big plan for advancing humanity is just like, Batman Forever Riddler's box, which yeah. I I think tells you all you need to know about the brain power, considering he came up with a plot crafted by Joel Schumacher. Yeah. Not yeah. good. I think someone described it as um like someone with Elon Musk's brain and a lot of his followers are similar people to watch something like Blade Runner and think, damn, wouldn't it be cool to live in this world? Wouldn't that be so <laughs> sweet? Like, man, okay. what Being if we had all this? Being by Harrison Ford? That would be sweet. I, <laughs> I That's fine. I can agree with that. I would that. rather pursue him in The Fugitive. Fuck, I need him to be so bad. Keep that in. Don't cut that, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, what if he hears it? That's so true. <laughs> this, is our, this is our 100th episode. It's got reach. <laughs> I'm sending this in like a bloody envelope and with like mm-hmm. a foot to everybody. <laughs> I'm putting this on Mr. a real forward. I gave you all of the clues. Yeah, you you could have fucked me. <laughs> uh, I really this is a good choice, Dean. This is a really solid one. It's hard for me to argue against it. I'm not no, gonna lie to you. I think I'm also I'm one to be Can honest I make with you. An observation, just generally about because I think this bears out with who I'm going to talk about in a little bit as well. I think we all chose our number one person based on like. Maybe not so much chance, but certainly Dean, Megan, and I, like an evil version of ourselves. Like, think about it. Mario Cotalucci or Cannoli or whatever uh, is just like everything Megan is against in terms of like just predatory property development and the destruction of like prized important pieces of nature. Elon Musk is just, yeah, a million times worse version of Dean. Like, -hmm. if you took all of Dean's positive redeeming qualities, got rid of them, and then amplified like any negative yeah. character traits. Yeah, if, if you sucked like me, like a husk, and the only thing that remained was Damn. like my Reddit history. Yeah, <laughs> that would be Elon Musk. Your, and I your Twitter you, posts from 2012. Like the guy I'm going to talk about is like the evil version of me in mental health. So what it, about mine? It, mine was. Yeah, but like I can't see a reality where you're Stephen Harper because you can't come up with 10 people. Like, you can't make a list. <laughs> so I don't think you're going to be able to get a lot of that accomplished, buddy. That's I don't know. So maybe true. your evil version is Elizabeth Warren. Okay. <laughs> but my hey, two no. people were pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, sorry, Dean. If you have anything else on Elon Musk, though, please no, do. No, I'm done. I want to hear your list. Okay. I, you know what? I took a very holistic approach to my list. There are going to be some familiar names from past episodes. And there's going to be specifically my number one, who most people have probably never heard of. And the more research I did, the deeper I got into this just mind-blowing, disgusting hole. So number 10, Galen Weston Jr. Do we really need to explain why? 
piece of shit, parasitic yeah. billionaire. Uh, as soon as he could possibly stop like paying people working at Loblaws a living wage during mm-hmm. the pandemic, he did. Oh yeah, uh, immediately jumped on fixing. it. Uh, yeah. Tries to kill everybody in the global south one at a time. Yep. Yeah. He could honestly be higher, but I put him at ten because. You know, I, as much as I hate him, I hate everybody else in front of him maybe a little bit more. Uh, Pierre Trudeau, specifically for his union busting, setting back public services decades with his slash happy governments. And I mean, yeah, it's offset by him siring maybe potentially. I still think Castro is his father. But him bringing Justin into the world, you know, and raising him to be one of the dumbest people alive. So he gets points for that. Uh Another forgotten architect of the residential school system, Nicholas Flood Davin, whose report basically yeah. laid out the foundations for how residential schools were to be run. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to highlight him. Duncan Scott Campbell is also a great choice, and I just completely blanked. He should be on my list, but uh, he is not officially. Number seven, Charles Smith. Now, you've probably never heard of this guy. He was a forensic scientist, you know, like a CSI guy. But... Uh, he specifically just tried to find excuses to send people to jail because he had, like, a vengeance complex. So he was responsible for incarcerating over 30 people on wrong, like, wrongful convictions, mm. including sending people to jail for murder charges, manslaughter. Uh, on three separate occasions, he ruled the death of a baby to be intentional as opposed to accidental. What the and, fuck? Yeah. Uh, one of The one thing I like, not like, but I will highlight is... He said that uh, this child who was mauled by a dog's injuries were consistent with being tortured by her mother. So she was sent to prison for women, had her children taken away, and had her life ruined. Jesus Christ. And this is just because he had some kind of, like, punishment complex. And he just really hated people he perceived as wrongdoers. Wow. Number six, Maurice Boucher. See our Quebec Biker War episode for more. Mm Mm-hmm. Number five, Stephen Harper. Familiar name. Enough said about him. Number four, Peter Nygaard, better yes. known uh, yeah. as the Canadian oh, yeah, Epstein. Yeah, our own personal, personal Epstein. That Mermaid episode man. is gone now, R.I.P. Yes, which is fine. You can find more uh, elucidating and informative episodes on Peter Nygaard. Pretty much any major crime podcast. Number yeah, three, yeah. Clifford Olson, uh, yep. child predator and murderer. Number two, John A. McDonald for extremely child obvious reasons. Child predator and murderer. Child predator and murderer. Piece of shit. Uh, we also have an episode on him. I'm not sure if it's still up, but we've talked about him, and enough has certainly been <laughs> spoken about his legacy to where I think you can understand why he's on so high on the list. But number one, Donald Ewan Cameron, mm. a Scottish-born psychotherapist, received his education from the University of Glasgow as well as the University of London, got his medical degree in 1936, Spent some time at McGill University, where he served as the head of the Allen Memorial Institute and the Mm. chair for the McGill Department of Psychiatry. Now, you hear McGill, and especially you hear any kind of medical school, instantly alarm bells should be going off in your head. Not a good start. No. Mm -hmm. It's also worth noting that the institute he worked for was funded in part by grants from the Rockefeller family. Not a good start. No. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep that in mind as we move forward. Now, points to his credit. It's actually worth noting that Donald Ewan Cameron created the first psychiatric day hospitals or outpatient facilities. So that's where patients could receive treatment during the day and then return to the community and home at night, which is good. Like, that is an important step in the development of mental health care treatment. 
Uh, this was in like the 1940s. This would be the end of him doing anything remotely decent ever again. So he gets invited to the Nuremberg trials because he's one of the foremost psychotherapists in the world at this point. And the end of the Second World War and specifically the creation of nuclear weaponry would have a very profound impact on Cameron. He became obsessed with notions of social reorganization and believed that behavioral scientists must play an integral role in the creation of new social orders. He began to distinguish populations between the weak and the strong. Those with anxieties or insecurities or had trouble with the state of the world, so the mentally ill or people that struggled with poor mental health, were deemed to be weak and must be separated from the strong. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I attend the Nuremberg trials, and uh, as I sit <laughs> there, I, I realize, hey, these guys <laughs> had the right idea. <laughs> uh, Cameron argued that the weak must not influence children. He promoted a philosophy. Now, this one's going to sound familiar to another uh, psycho, psycho doc that we've talked about before, where chaos could be prevented by removing the weak from society. Mm, chaos. So... Big eugenics guy. Let's just make that extremely clear. Extremely into eugenics. Uh, in the 1950s, we see a bit more of a shift in his, like, ideology. Basically, he goes from being, like, a really hardcore Freudian to looking at more of, like, a holistic approach and constructivist view of mental health. Basically, just, like, it isn't just the relationship with your parents that impact you, but, you know, culture, the society you live in, your upbringing, which is kind of correct, right? Like, it's the nature versus nurture thing. Mm -hmm. uh, now, <laughs> to offset this, Cameron would write that he believed mental illness was transmitted generationally. Thus, the recurrence of mental illness could be stopped by remodeling and expanding existing concepts of marriage suitability, as mm. well as the quarantine of mentally ill individuals from the general population. In oh, other just words, forever. Okay, cool. The only cure for mental illness was to eliminate its, its carriers from society altogether. Wowzers. This man was dubbed at the time as being the most progressive mind in the field of psychotherapy. Jesus. <laughs> also, man. like, the fact that they really thought they could get, like, every person, as if it's, like, not also a gene that sometimes manifests in mm -hmm. some people and not, like, others in a family. That's so yeah, stupid. <laughs> Wait, hang on, hang on. Give me one second. I, I, can, I can figure out this joke. Uh, someone has to tell me, what were the big robots in the X-Men? Uh, the Sentinels. Yeah, Sentinels. Okay. This guy wanted to make the Sentinels from the X-Men. <laughs> yeah, just collecting, collecting <laughs> people with, like, catatonic <laughs> schizophrenia, just, like, putting them in the energy chamber. Yeah. Yeah, like, all, all of my favorite, you know, mentally ill bisexual girls that I follow, mm. all of them scooped up. Now, Dean, did you know that Donald, you and Cameron believe that mental illness was literally contagious and that if you came into contact with someone suffering from mental illness, you would begin to produce the symptoms of that same disease? Hmm. That's what happened to Megan. Yeah. That, okay, that is true. Yeah, that, that's yeah, a that makes point. sense. For example, rock music could only be created by mentally ill people and therefore true. would produce <laughs> mentally ill people through infection. Oh also true. Would in turn be yeah. transmitted to the genes. Yeah. Thus... He, this he, he listened to, to the beach. <laughs> he listened to the Beach Boys, and he's like, "Well, this guy's got to be mentally ill." Uh, <laughs> this part really makes me upset. Police, hospitals, government, and schools would need to use correct psychiatric authority to stop mental contagions from spreading. Oh shit! This so guy was psycho police. Like, uh, oh. we haven't even hit the real monstrous stuff yet. So now we move to the period of 1954 or 1957 to 1964. 
He is focusing on schizophrenia, believing that it could be cured by, quote, depatterning or erasing memories and bringing patients to a childlike state. Oh, not I true. remember reading not about depatterning. That's patients, not good. Personalities and identities would be rebuilt using a technique called, and you might have heard of this, psychic driving. And in fact, mm-hmm. for that seven-year period, psychic driving became the focus of the Allen Institute. Patients who were immobilized and sedated after, uh, often underwent this treatment for as long as 16 hours each day. Messages might re- be repeated hundreds or thousands of times in a day. So a patient might endure 10 days of negative messages. So things telling them, you know, like, you're ugly, uh, nobody likes you, just these really negative yep, just stimuli. Listening and then, to our show, basically. Yeah. 10 days of positive messages. So just fucking with people's brains. Uh, it also involved experimental treatments like placing patients in a drug-induced coma, oftentimes through the use of psychotropic drugs like LSD. Now, of course, nowadays there's much in the way of studying how psychotropic drugs can be positive for your mental health. Think of studies revolving around like mushrooms and other psychobins, but this was not what they were doing. Uh, Patients were also subjected to electroshock therapy up to 75 times the normal intensity. In other cases, both drugs and electroshock therapy were used simultaneously. So they would get people tripping on acid and then shock them at 75 times the recommended voltage. What's this guy's name again? Donald Ewan Cameron. Oh, boy. So they'd also put people into sensory deprivation, uh, deprive them of food and water, use sedatives in extremely high quantities. Basically, they turned all their patients into infants. They just couldn't do anything on their own. Mm-hmm. Many patients experienced retrograde amnesia, unable to recall memories made before their treatments. So... This kind of work, monstrous, but it became of particular interest to a certain organization, the CIA, who believed that this could be used as a means to control minds of individuals. We love The CIA provided funding through a front organization called the Society for the Investigation of Human Ecology from 1957 to 1964. Cameron is also believed to have received half a million dollars in funding from 1950 until 1965 from the Canadian government itself. That is a lot of dollars at the yes. time. Yes. Former Christ. director of the CIA, so a monster, Richard Helms, ordered files related to the Montreal experiments to be destroyed when the MK Ultra program was concluded. In 1977, it was revealed that not all those files were destroyed, so they did find that connection between the CIA, the Society for the Investigation of Human Ecology, and Montreal, where McGill was based. Though Cameron worked exclusively for the Allen Institute during this time, his experiments created a framework for other affiliated organizations to use. In fact, in episode 38, our episode on prison for women, we discussed the abuses suffered by one Dorothy Proctor at the hands of prison staff, where she was dosed with LSD, of course, without her consent, locked into solitary confinement for weeks, and left to rot. Her reactions to both the drug and the isolation was studied by the organization, and decades later... Dorothy Proctor would sue CSC and settle out of court, which actually played a role in the decommissioning of prison for women. Mm. Experiments were also conducted on inmates at Oak Ridge, the what's now known as the Waypoint Center for Mental Health. Uh, in addition, indigenous youth in residential schools were also unwitting participants in medical tests of vaccines and vitamin supplements, all following the model laid out by Dr. Donald Ewan Cameron. And unfortunately... He would not live long enough to see any kind of repercussions or comeuppance. He would die on a hike with his son in 1967. The Mm. misdeeds would not be published until 1975. 
Many of his colleagues at McGill actually defended Donald Ewan Cameron and his practices, and neither the CIA nor the Canadian government apologized for any of the wrongdoings. Over 300 individuals have made claims for compensation, nine survivors received compensation from the U.S. government, 77 from the Canadian government. However, more than 250 claimants were denied compensation because they, wow. quote, couldn't produce medical records, they filed too late, or weren't considered to, and this is the icing on the cake, have suffered enough. Wow. So why is Donald Ewan Cameron my pick for the worst Canadian? I got four reasons for you. One, he got away with it. Scandal didn't break until nearly a decade after his death. He drew a paycheck from McGill. He siphoned government dark money. He was given funding by the CIA. And he lived a life of academic acclaim, considered to be the most humane and progressive expert in his field. Two, he directly oversaw the torture of hundreds, if not thousands, of mentally ill people. His work had an immense human toll. Three, he set the method. His tactics, techniques, and experiments would be used on some of Canada's most vulnerable populations, the full accounting of which will never fully be known. But bear in mind that countless prisoners were subjected to these experiments by the uh, Nazi Correctional Service of Canada in the late 1950s and 60s, so thousands of people. Cameron's work went beyond brainwashing, as noted by Naomi Klein. His methods were to, quote, design a scientifically based system for extracting information from resistant sources. In other words, torture. Mm. So I, under, I think in terms of cultivating a, a comprehensive list, I'm kind of surprised nobody chose to cover John A. MacDonald. Uh, who yeah, I think we, we did episode. a whole episode on him. I know, but I still, I still figured somebody would like list him as number one. But do we want to come up with maybe, maybe our own little, little top ten list right now to end I things just, off? I just want to say, as a comment on yours, I was trying to think of where I had read about this before, and then when you said Naomi Klein's name, I realized yep. it was the Chalk Doctrine that I read about it. Yep. But she also highlights a lot of um stories of the survivors. Like she interviews mm. one of the women pretty in depth about it, so it's definitely. It's sad, but good read. And also there's, that book's just incredible by itself as well. There's also a really good Fifth Estate that covers more, not so much Cameron himself, but the survivors of this mistreatment. Uh, I can't remember the title off the top of my head, but if you type in like Fifth Estate MK Ultra, you will mm -hmm. find what you're looking for. And it was quite informative in uh, crafting this little diatribe as well. Mm. But uh, yeah, so once again, this is like, this is so near and dear to my heart because I am someone who wants to work in the field of mental health care, specifically, you know, helping people who aren't exactly on a winning streak in life. And to see somebody who has abused his position of power to such an extreme extent is so sickening to me. I think if you're talking about the long term, like greatest toll and damage done, it is really hard to rule against John A. McDonald, who has uh, the blood of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people on his hands. But uh, in terms of who I think was just the most, one of the most monstrous people to have ever lived, I think Donald Ewan Cameron is pretty high on my list as well. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we had enough overlap that I, I feel like our top, probably we yeah. had 20 people total, is just yeah. a good top 20. And I hope all of yeah. them have you know, a bad like time. Like we could just say overall top five. Sure. We'll say, yeah. Let's um, do it. You know, we'll just pick one from each of us. Uh, so we'll say number four uh, can do, or number five. We'll do Elon Musk for number five. I'd agree uh, with that. I'll take that. I'll sign uh, off. Number four uh, should be um, Megan's uh, Mario Lopez oh. guy. Yeah, Mario. Um, <laughs> yeah. Luigi Pasta. Uh, yeah. Luigi Pasta. 
Pardon me. Um, we'll say number th- uh, three is uh, I'd Chances say Bill. I would oh, you want to say, say Cameron. Cameron. Okay. I think Stephen Harper is is worse overall than Donald Ewan Cameron. Yeah. But I, I, I'm more than happy to slot into the number okay. three. I think that's an appropriate Cameron spot number for me. three, Harper yep. number two, number one, yep. Kim Campbell. Yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, come on. For the crime of being a woman. Amen. It's Johnny McDonald. We all know this. And number number one B, Kim Campbell. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Thank well, you, everybody, folks, thank for listening. You. Here's yeah. to a hundred more episodes where we defame women. Yeah. Mm. The Canadian people are tired of women. <laughs> now that's a video. Alrighty. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for sticking with us through a hundred episodes. That's really nice and we enjoy making the show so thank you so much we will have more soundboard content don't worry all you soundboard all you sounders out there all of our sounders (laughs) (laughs) that's i love it we command them that's right all right signing off stay healthy be good love you very much remember sleeper agents you have been activated the people that are still alive on our list you know we're glad they're still alive right right we're glad mm-hmm. of course we're glad I'm looking at they you live jacob for 18 years seven months 12 days 350 <laughs> seconds oh my god all right all righty let's hope thank you for listening we'll see you next week Bye-bye. bye bye